This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Improve your development skills by completing coding exercises that are peer-reviewed by real humans. Learn more at upcase.com. Giant Robot Smashing Into Other Giant Robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here today with Adam and Jared of The Changelog. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having us. How's it going? I'm excited, man. Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots. Huge fan. Huge fan. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There's a lot of motion and a lot of smashing, and we're going to get into it. Let's do it. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Beyond Code. Sweet. So what is Beyond Code? Beyond Code is a brief interview series that we started at kind of like an itch. You know, we've, we've been a podcast for a long time. Like We've been on the air since 2009, so we're not new to like creating interview-based stuff or talking to people in the community and kind of getting a heartbeat and telling stories. So that's that's not new for us. But we decided to get into video in 2013. Was it 2014? And we thought, let's let's start with going to conferences and meeting people there and kind of documenting and telling stories from that point. But we got this idea for this um, brief interview series called Beyond Code that we thought could be int- pretty interesting to, to do only at conferences after parties. So... Hmm. Think of it like this, like you go to a conference, you know, you're pretty tense whenever you're like walking the hallways because you kind of like you want to see your hero or you see your hero and you're not sure if you should go talk to your hero or your fellow comrades or whatever. Like you're thinking like, I, I don't want to talk to the change log then. I'd rather talk to the change log at the after party once I've had maybe a drink or at least gotten time to mellow and chill or had a, you know, some dinner or whatever. So it's sort of a time to to catch people when they're most most share worthy when they can share as much as they can about who they are. And we ask them five questions mm-hmm. so that everybody gets asked the same five questions. And uh, we have like maybe 15, 20 interviews per conference and we treat every conference as a season. And so we just launched season one, which we've actually got four seasons recorded. And season one was at keep Ruby weird back uh, last year in, in, uh, in August. Who ran that? I or, October. Sounds um, like a cool conference. Caleb Thompson, uh, Terrence Lee. Those are my those are my coworkers. Just to be clear, yeah, thought all, all of them. Are well, well, not all of them, but it was a couple of. Them, I right? believe it was heavily thoughtbot. It was uh, inspired or something. I think we were we were pretty deeply involved. Yep. Oh yeah, Caleb Thompson works at thoughtbot. I thought he worked at Heroku. No, that's. I thought they all worked at Heroku. No, it was like half Terrence and half. Does. Yeah, it was like yeah. half Heroku okay. people, half thoughtbot people. Cool. Sounds like a good time. It was a go. good time. Well, you know who was there then? Yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting idea. I've been uh, I've been really getting into the moth uh-huh. recently, which is like a, sort of a similar thing where you have just normal people telling stories and opening up and sharing things, and a little different. But I've really been I've I've been listening to it and reading it and attending the events, and I'm I'm super into like having stories from the common person now. So I love this yeah. idea of just capturing people, and and I think this I love I love your twist of waiting till like the evening. Uh-huh. Like I think environment is so huge in getting people to open up and and be honest and share things. We get some really interesting responses mm-hmm. in the evenings. Let me tell you that. Much. Yeah, I think part of the conceit, and we're going to kind of blow it now because people can watch it and see the questions. But you know, the questions are unique and kind of they, they make you think. And because people haven't heard them ever, mm-hmm. a lot of the best responses are kind of before they start to answer. It's kind of that moment of oh man, like how do I yeah. how do I handle this on the spot? Wow. And so you really yeah. kind of what would see I tell people myself? in their essence to a certain degree, just handling and, and having to deal with uh, answering off the cuff. 
I think of it like you get this authentic glimpse into the real people behind the community. And Jared, you said it best. We were recently on a couple of podcasts recently talking about this, um, this very thing beyond code. And it's been like very interesting to see from one conference to another, what kind of resolves from that, what everybody finds in unison mm-hmm. about what's influencing them and who their heroes are and stuff. Hmm. I, I love or what they tell themselves from back in the day. Yeah, just going back a second, I, I love what you said about that that moment before they answered the question. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. great. Like as as an interviewer, I I love to shoot for that, like a a response to the question that's about the question and not about their response to it. Like, oh wow, that's kind of like what what do I think about that? Yeah, I love that moment. And the bad thing about a podcast is you can't get a visual. Sure. Of it. Yeah. I was going to say, totally. we're both, you know, Adam and I are both interviewers as well. So, you know, from, from the interviewers, here we are, three interviewers talking to each other. But yeah. I'm, starting to, I'm, I'm trying to start to ask you questions, Ben. But uh, Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, so have you ever thought about doing them off? Like going up and, and giving your story? Uh, I, I would love to. If I, if I found one that had a, a theme that I had a good story for, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be super into it. Um, I actually went and I had a crazy experience where I judged one recently. So judges are picked at random from the audience, and we just happen to get asked. Uh-huh. Uh, so I get to do a moth event as a judge, which is super interesting, uh, because the audience tends to di- will often disagree with your your ratings and whatnot. Right. Um, and it takes a lot of. Is it like it a one to ten scale, or how does it work? So it's yeah. So so every after every story, uh, they there's an MC that sort of fills time for a little bit, and then uh, you just dis- you deliberate with your team or with your judge your co judges. I had two other friends with me, and so we would figure out a score. Uh, and then you do a a one to ten with a with a ten with a decimal place like it's like a seven seven point three okay. kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because it's actually really hard to do judging fairly because people in the latter half, uh, or because it's you have to sort of figure out what your scale is. So you the first person goes up and you decide okay that felt to me like a seven point four, and you have to then use do everything after that relative to that first person to make it fair. Uh, I see. You can't realize, oh, actually, you know what? That person was way better than I thought they were. Therefore, that was actually more like an eight. And so future people, uh, and, and it's, this is very tough. And people, no one is doing it as a professional judge yeah. or has experience generally. So there were other groups. So we got we got some some booze from the audience because we started off with our score. or Our scores were lower than theirs. But what we found is um, as the con- competition went on, it became clear that there were much better people going. Uh, and so we had space to go up and other judges had gone way up really early on. So it's like, okay, their, their first score out was like a 9.3. Mm. And then someone who was way better came out. They're like, well, that was a 9.8. And then someone that was better they're than that came out. It's like, well, yeah. where, do you, where do you go? Uh, so that's I was pretty pleased with our, uh, our, our score spread at the end of it. So that's like a whole behind the scenes that they don't ever reveal on, on the podcast. You just hear the stories. I didn't know there was even. So people win, basically? People win. Yeah, huh. exactly. So they're, they're competitions. Cool. Um, so and they had like different levels of it. So the one I was at actually was a people had already won like a local story slam. This was called a grand slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's different graduations. Right on. So yeah, what I was what I was saying about being interviewers is we kind of you know our our job is to is to you know highlight the guest, highlight the person who's being spoken to, and so right. you want as a reaction is like you want to ask good questions and you want to ask the questions that you wish would be asking if you weren't being the interviewer, right? If you were listening. And so I revel in the moments where somebody says, oh man, that's a good question. You know, I was like, oh, thanks. You know, like I'm doing my job well. Uh, every totally. once in a while I'll throw up a, is it a meatball? What's the term? A airball. No, not airball. It's where they're, where they can hit a grand oh. slam easily. Softball. A softball. Oh, yeah. I'll throw up a softball. We're like, the answer is obvious. And then I'm just like, oh, 
uh, shouldn't yeah, ask that. So the, the cool perfectly. thing about Beyond Code is we have the you know we have the questions that have resonated really well mm -hmm. with the interviewees, and so it's fun. We don't have to think; we just ask the exact same questions, sit back there, and just watch the reactions. It's really interesting. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to spoil them, but do you do you want to share maybe one of them just so we can get a, a flavor of it? You want to do that? Well, the first question we ask is, "Who is your programming hero?" Hmm. And what's interesting about that one is it tells not just who was the most influential person to them, but sometimes like people go back in academia or they'll go back to like their mom or dad or someone that was early on influential, not just like a programmer, right. mm -hmm. somebody who was just really like instrumental in their development as a software developer. And I think that one's kind of interesting because sometimes you get like the, the one word answer and then, and then Jared and I are behind the scenes. We're like, tell us why, right. you know, mm -hmm. like off camera. Cause we're, we're voiceless in, in the, the way the production is done. Mm -hmm. So the interviewing is a voiceless interview, you know, mm -hmm. uh, although we've, we've uh, teed on the idea of whether or not we should put our voices in it, but eh, we kind of make some cameos here and there, but pretty much it's mostly voiceless mm -hmm. and it's all focused on the guests. Like Jared was saying with interviewing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that question is a pretty interesting one because everyone's got a very unique answer to it. Some have, bias against having heroes or what heroes are, right. you know, and then you kind of get this wide diverse uh, response based on the community, uh -huh. even, you know, based on who is in the community. And so I think that's really interesting when you're running a conference, it's like, not only am I running a conference because I'm interested in Ruby or JavaScript or go, I'm also interested in this community, the people that is behind this software, oh, yeah. you know? And I think, I think what we do with this series is we really get a chance to see, to see the people behind it. And that's what that one question does. And there's a couple other yeah. questions that are pretty interesting. But That question actually comes right off our show. So we have you yeah. know, on the podcast, we always close with our closing questions, um, which are kind of a rotating group of about five questions. And who's your programming hero is always one that we ask almost every single week to our guest at the end of the show. And mm -hmm. the... Uh, the fun secret behind that one is is it's a great way to source new guests for your upcoming shows as well because totally. <laughs> you find out who the heroes are of the people that you're interested in and usually they're pretty interesting people. That is a great so so I always ask or as of recently I ask our guests at the end of the show like hey who should we have on that you know mm -hmm. but I like the hero tweak on it because it's like then it's sort of who's who's amazing that we should have on that you know I guess yeah. it's sort of built into that right right who inspires you that we should have on. And that, that question is timeless. I mean, it, it doesn't really, it, it transcends communities and the time, whereas, you know, so many things in our world are so time-centric. You know, what was in six months yep. ago is out now. So we have some timeless questions, and then we also have some questions which really do kind of reflect the, you know, the fact that this was a Ruby community uh, at the end of 2014. So one of those questions is, you know, what's the most exciting thing in software right now? And so that's a one that you you get a huge array of responses to that, but mm -hmm. you you get but it's flavored. It's flavored by the time and the community, and so uh, it's kind of fun to watch those answers start to change as you move from kind of group to group. It's really mm -hmm. really kind of interesting. Is this secretly just a, a way to get you uh, to give you an excuse to attend fun conferences and and call it work? Pretty much. Yeah. How'd you find that out? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I've been doing Who that for you? years. <laughs> Well, it's a, it, you know, honestly, it's a really good business plan for us because our main mission at the Changelog is to grow our podcast listenership. Mm -hmm. So everything we do uh -huh. is ultimately based on either growing a couple of different metrics and one is podcast listenership. So we figure if we go to conferences, one, it gives us a reason to do fun 
expense based, business based things that we can go and meet people and it's a business expense. Right. Give away shirts and whatnot. Yeah, give away t shirts, do all you know, do all sorts of fun stuff, meet the actual people who care about our show and come up to us and be like, Hey man, I listen to your show all the time or wow, I you know, I've been I just found your find your show and I've gone through the whole backlog already and we're like, Really? hundred and eighty some shows you've gone through? That's crazy. Yeah. That's hundred and eighty hours. But yeah, it gives us a reason to go to conferences. It gives us a reason to meet people. And it gives us a reason to just make new partners in the future of software development. People who care about the show, people who care about what we're doing with Change All Films, with Beyond Code. It gives us a chance to really just show who we are and get to meet a bunch of people too. Mm-hmm. Have you cut anybody that you interviewed and then afterwards said, yeah, that wasn't that great. I'm not, we're not going to put that one out there. I think we've only cut one interview from the first season. And it wasn't because of the quality of the guest. It was because of we had uh, this obnoxious song letting us know that, that it was the, the, the evening was oh, done. Yeah. And the song was um, closing time, closing time. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, the guy played it was it on, playing on repeat. on repeat over and over. Loud. Yeah. Oh, it was huh. horrible. So, so it ruined yeah, our audio. because we're on bad. site, you know, we have to deal with and at the after party. We have to deal with all of the circumstances that come come alongside that. So uh, it's great for or certain reasons, and then it can uh, it can backfire <laughs> as well. Yeah, totally. The only bad part I would say about the after party for us is that it's time, right? Like if no one comes to the after party, if it's not interesting enough, so if a conference doesn't do a good job of making the after party a thing, not so much obligatory, but like, hey, you should, should really come to this. It's not mandatory, but it is fun. It's where we extend the community it's where we extend the hallways and then the fact that usually it's about a two hour to three hour window that we have to do our job which is set up basically a a break breakdown travel worthy film set yeah. you know lights camera mic you know all that stuff and we we tweak the lighting we tweak the mic mm-hmm. we have a boom microphone like it's all it takes probably a good 45 minutes to an hour just to make sure it's solid mm-hmm. for a production so we got to get there early. And usually before that, we were already at the conference doing video there too, shooting highlight reels or, you know, different things that we're doing for the actual conference themselves. So it's, it's a lot of work. And then we got to do all this in like a two to three hour window. And then we also have to break down, you know, inhibitions of like, do I really want to be on camera? Right, right. Am I that interesting? Am I that cool? And it's like, well, no, that's not the, that's not the point. Like, we want everyone who comes here to feel welcome. Mm. Like this is a this is everyone's welcome here. I don't care if you've shipped anything ever. Like we want to hear your software development story. Like, are you just breaking in? What's interesting to you? Are you, um, you know, a neckbeard like Jared says sometimes? You know, <laughs> then share your neckbeard stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at uh, Space City JS, which was the was that the second one that we did? Um, yeah, the spring. It was highly attended by. Code school grads, not which school was it, Adam? Uh, Iron, the, the Iron Yard. Yard. And so there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who were, they literally had just graduated, like, was it the day before or something like that? Uh, and so yep. we we're interviewing them. And so they have very much had, you know, the, the typical imposter syndrome of like, you don't want to, you don't want to have me on. And it's like, no, we mm-hmm. actually, we really do want to have you on. Mm-hmm. So we had to do a lot of that kind of work as well. But uh, yeah, those interviews turned out great. I mean, those, their insights are just as useful as anybody else's. Oh, man. To- totally. Even more sometimes, I would yeah. say. I find it kind of shocking how uh, much people that are new to the industry will discount their own experiences and skills. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that's totally normal, but like, it's like, you've just spent probably a thousand hours working on this. Like you, you know more than you think, you uh-huh. know, you have things to share and to say and to teach. Yeah, I agree. I think people, 
it's a shame people feel that way. And I think that's what we love most about doing this show in particular, because we do, obviously we want to have, you know, some of the speakers come up and give an interview because that's always interesting too. But we really want to encourage those who feel like they're imposters to come up and not be an imposter because we get some of the most unique, genuine answers about who their heroes are, what they want to go back in the history of their life and tell themselves about programming or, mm. you know, what's interesting in software today is, is a really unique perspective from all these different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Totally. I like the, uh, the way you shoot these videos too. It's like just a, it's a face. It's like black background, lit up pretty brightly, pretty, it's intimate as if you were standing really close to someone and have like a really intense conversation with them. Well, the idea behind the cinematography of it was to make it feel like as if you went to the conference or you were there having that conversation with them. And it's like, yeah, it's to, to focus on the person. Now, personally, I appreciate and thank you, Ben, for saying you like the, the video. Uh-huh. I will tell everyone that season one was our worst looking. Uh-huh. So we've only gotten better since then, which could be a good thing because we've learned a lot about video. We've learned a lot about lighting. Mm-hmm. We've learned a lot that you don't light somebody super bright in the face. I remember, Jerry, when you were at the stand and you're like, dude, it's way yeah. too bright. And I'm like, no, it needs to be bright, right. man. It needs to be as bright, it's as bright as it can. And I'm like an idiot when it comes to light. We're very much cutting so, our teeth on uh, the Keeper Reword crowd. So, Yeah, the depth of field was super shallow. So you can actually see the people when they move. They kind of like move in and out of focus mm-hmm. a little bit because the, the depth of field was so shallow. Mm-hmm. So we've learned a lot about aperture. We've learned a lot about lighting. We've learned a lot about just a lot about everything. So it's been a a labor and an adventure for us as well when it comes to learning how to shoot video and do what we do. Have you, uh, are you familiar with the Wistia people? Yeah. Yeah. I love Wistia. Their blog is amazing for stuff like that. Oh man. They've, they've taught me so much about video and marketing mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, uh, like my hidden secret. I love Wistia. We, we actually use Wistia. We're on their hundred dollar plan. Cause we love them. Yeah, we love that. We use them as well. The actually, metrics and stuff. The uh, they're they're local to Boston. They're in Cambridge, oh, I really? believe now. That's right. Yeah. And so I actually had uh, them in to the podcast, Brendan and Chris. So you can hear them on Giant Robots. Awesome. Wow. Or you should what have them on your that? podcast. They're great. They're they speak really well about their their business and all that. Yeah, we love Wistia. Yeah, I think their blog and their resources they just do so much to educate in a good in a good way. They break down the topics that you need to know as a budding filmmaker, so to speak Mm -hmm. for everything from audio to lighting, to the camera, to the gear you should get and the whys and the hows. And if you're hiring somebody in house, what kind of person that should be, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of like a videographer or whatever. And I think that the future in video for businesses is bright. And I feel like one of the reasons we also did this was to establish some new alternate revenue routes. So as a sustainable or a desire to be sustainable podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm full-time Jared's part-time right now. Mm. You know, we wanted to find ways we can sustainably grow ourselves, enjoy what we're doing, make it a lifestyle business and, you know, grow around a community, serve a community. And this was one other way we've found to, to do something interesting for the community, but also make a little bit of money along the way and diversify how we can make money in the future from our media, from our media business. Yeah, totally. That's awesome that you are able to do it full time. Yeah. As of February, stepped away full time doing this. And in retrospect, I would say not because of where I came from, like what I left, but what we've done here and, and what we've done this year, just super proud of what we've been able to do this year, you know, way more than I expected to do this year. So we've done really well. 
Hmm. That's interesting because I feel like some people jump onto a side project full time and they think it's going to their productivity will explode and it that doesn't happen for them. Like in some ways, the constraints were helping them prioritize and get things done more efficiently. But it sounds like that that hasn't happened for you. We were there. I mean, we got uh, we got hit with like just needing more of me, needing more of Jared, you know, in the past when I was working full time. Yep. And we didn't just, you know, just jump ship. We did this with a plan. We made sure we had money in the bank. We made sure we had enough money in the bank that it could sustain me for months, not just a couple of weeks. So we did it with a uh, a smart financial plan. We did it with a, some knowns going into it. And, and on that, I was surprised that, that things took off so well. But I guess when you devote your full-time effort towards something, beautiful things happen mm-hmm. if it's already going the right direction. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely, to me, it was definitely like a, a response, like this is the right way to go. You know, what you were doing before was really interesting, really, really good. I work for a nonprofit, so I, I have a really huge heart for helping people in the world. And this nonprofit helped raise funds for non, for other nonprofits. So we really did a lot of fun, interesting work that really had an impact of lives. And so it was hard to step away from that kind of ambitious goal to just run a podcast. And I say just run a podcast, but it's not just running a podcast. It's uh, it's a lot more than that, which I'm, I know you know, Ben. So, <laughs> Well, I, I'm a little spoiled in that I have a Tom who does a, a lot of the, the stuff that's not just the running the podcast yeah, uh, and very well. So uh, I'm kind of the just the fool that shows up and talks in the mic. You're living the dream, man. I, I am. I am. I, totally living the dream. I got very lucky. Hey, uh, quick aside. Do either of you have any positive experiences with Media Temple? I love Media Temple. Yeah? They're interesting. Yeah, sure. Well, Adam... It sounds like you already know, in fact, then, that for years, Media Temple's grid service has been the web hosting choice of more designers, developers, and creative professionals than any other platform. I would definitely say that Media Temple has done a really good job on the design community, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they're trying to do with being a part of this show, is to reach out to the developer community with their new virtualized servers and yep. the interesting things they're doing around that front. I think they're making good progress. They got a good product going down. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the but they grid. definitely are really well known. In, Capital in, G uh, grid. It's not a cloud. It's a grid. It's a grid. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I like being on the grid. Yeah. It's fun. Some people want to get off the grid. This is a grid that you actually want to get <laughs> on. You yeah. You want to be part of it. You want to plug into it. You want to connect to it. Grid hosting. man. That's where it's at right there. The problem with clouds is they're so ephemeral. Like, how do you plug into a cloud? They don't have yeah. The when plug? you when you push the plug into it, it just kind of like just goes into the vapor air. Absolutely. With the grid, you've got actually got you know it's opaque. You know it's you got the plug. The rock. You can put the plug in the grid. They totally do. And I got to say, this their website is beautiful. Is it? This as far as a marketing site, I I want it. Yeah, they they do a really good job. Oh, this is a really nice website. Yeah. Jared, can you give a uh, a, a, voc- a suggestion, an improv suggestion to Adam for what he can read the rest of this as? What what event just happened to him that's going to cause him emotional emotions? Uh, he just found out that his wife was pregnant. Oh, okay. Just hypothetically. There's so- a special discount for giant robot listeners. Use promotional code ROBOT25 for 25% off web hosting. Oh my God, my wife is having a baby. Go to mediatable.net and enter your promo code. When you sign up, do it now. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I felt the emotion, but but you you did you said you were so explicit in, in the emo, in, in the thing the situation yeah. that was happening that I felt like it's I could better felt it. than felt, I guess. 
<laughs> I'm so excited right now. And now can you do the ad read as if you were in a closet and you were afraid of someone detecting your presence? Oh, we gotta, we gotta whisper it at them. For, for years, Media Temple's grid service has, has been... Shh. Has been the web hosting choice. Wait, what was that? That was nobody. Okay, keep going. It's been the web choice, the, the hosting choice of more designers, developers, go. and creative professionals than any other platform. Yes, tell me more. I think it's because a single grid account can host anything. And I mean anything. Oh my God. From your portfolio site to 100 different client projects. It's amazing. You're not very good That's at whispering. You need to I'm just so excited. Just the, just the breath. Are you actually voice. or not? I, yeah, seriously, you, you should They're be terrified. Right. I think Jared. They're right. No, I'll, I'll keep going. The, Wait. Gr the grid is ready for anything. Hundreds of servers work together to keep your sites online, even if you suddenly hit the front page. Reddit. Reddit. Reddit.com. Is there a special discount? There is. So if if you listen to this podcast and you use promo code ROBOT25, you get 25% off the web hosting. And you can you can, you can can use that. Shh, shh, shh. Hold on. It's good. Okay. You're good. If you go if you go to mediatemple.net and enter your promo code on sign up, it'll do work. It. Do it do now. It. As soon as we get out of this closet, I think we should do it. It's so scary. Where'd you put okay. the promo code? <laughs> I thought you had it. All right, well <laughs> Well, we could do this all day. Yeah. I've been uh, listening to a lot of um uh comedy bang bang. Uh, which is like an improv comedy podcast and so taking your cues. It's leaking it's leaking into my life. I like it. I like it. I couldn't really stay on on midway through the role. I had to like morph it into a new role. Mm. Like I was somewhat more powerful than Monstrat, so I just felt like I could like yeah, I could, I could handle it. I could detect that there was a change in like your you voice. Were actually I trying to scare it. I was just too excited about the ad. I couldn't care about the monster. <laughs> I was so right. excited about Media Temple. When there's 25 percent off web hosting, how can you? Who could who could be quiet at a time like this? It's a grid, man. Perfect. Well, somehow Tom will make that work. Maybe you're the best, Tom. Yeah, Tom, we love you. He's rolling Tom, his eyes. Tom, work for us. His... Oh, wait. No, I'm gonna do hey. <laughs> <Never mind>. Hey. <laughs> no poaching, Jared. You can't poach while I'm oh. sitting here. All right, Tom, let's talk later. Virtually. When Ben's mm. not sitting here. No, I'm just kidding. God, awful. So rude. <laughs> um, so not to like talk shop too much, but I do have a couple like uh, interviewer podcasty questions. Uh, one is, we. so we're actually at a similar number of episodes. I think you're on 170-something, 172 or one, somewhere around mm -hmm. there. And this is 165 for us. Uh, and I'm curious, do you ever feel burnt out on doing interviews uh, or like or the format? Or do you feel like you need to make changes to keep it fresh? Mm. Like, how do you how do you keep it fresh after hundreds of episodes? Good Ooh. question, Ben. <laughs> you want that <laughs> you, one, Jared? You, you want me to take it, that man. one? Yes, yeah, a good one. <sighs> this is something. Well, that was a yeah. good question. Ben in the back. He's pumping. <laughs> pump he's, 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 he's doing the he's doing the Arsenio Hall for those who are above mm. 30. That's my goal. Yeah. So, I mean, keeping it fresh is, is difficult. I don't think I haven't dealt with personal burnout of doing interviews. I just enjoy it. Um, mm. Like you know, like yourself, I'm a full-time software developer. So unlike you, I work in my basement and only interact mm. via Slack and Twitter, you know? So uh -huh. for me, it's an outlet to talk to people yeah, who are totally. smarter than me about software and <laughs> pick their brains. And so I just kind of feel like I'm cheating to a certain degree. So my personal interest in interviewing people is not waning. Now, I haven't been doing it as long as Adam has either. I've been involved uh, since the end of 2012. He's been doing it since 2009. But keeping the show itself fresh is something that we definitely think about. And um, we've 
thought about other formats, but we always think about them in the context of a new show. Um, and we always bat around the idea of these new shows um, because the changelog is very established and it is what it is. And I guess we're a little bit, uh, is tepid the word? I don't know, concerned about changing something that is working so well. Hmm. So we're always batting around the ideas of brand new shows that we could just test out. Yeah. But I don't know, as far as the changelog itself goes, we just you know try to find great guests every week and just keep on doing our thing. Adam, can you add to that at all? I would just say that open source is so wide and so diverse, and it's only gotten much more wide and much more diverse over the last several years that the constant changes of open source alone yeah, keeps it fresh. Make it interesting to just the format. You know, when it comes to interviewing, I think when you're always exploring the depths of software, whether it's Closure, whether it's TypeScript, whether it's JavaScript, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you're always going in different nuances. And Jared and I never come to the table or at least not too often do we ever come to the table as masters in right. the field. Mm-hmm. So we, we always come with this childlike um, wonder, desire to learn more. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of bleeds out in us as technologists who just love to learn and love to just tell stories or expose stories or find the story in a story. Mm. And that's, I think that's what always just drives us to kind of keep doing it. But, you know, on that note, we love the format of the change law. We love what, what we're doing there. We love the interviewing process, but we, we would be lying if we haven't said that we've thought about other formats. And as Jared said, usually that leads to like a different show or a new show or, you know, diversifying our topic list. But then we're like, well, then that makes the main thing, not the main thing. So it mm-hmm. sort of fractures our efforts. Right. And it's like, it's this constant battle of should we diversify and have more shows or should we just sort of have different shows within a show and keep it all under one sort of umbrella, yeah. which I'm kind of leaning towards for a bit in a way mm-hmm. to sort of dog food it internally in the show and like if it gets successful and people like it like totally. hey let's yeah. make this its own show well i mean i like you what know? you guys are doing at the top bot you have diversified your shows quite a bit now you have the bike shed which is mm-hmm. a great show by the way and i think there's an i Agreed. there's an ios show as well um build face exactly so then you have you know you're keeping giant robots what it is but now you have these other avenues for different types of conversations which is great but you also yeah. have you know, a massive staff and a, a, a lot of different people that, that can do the shows. You know, it's not be- Ben's like he's he scoffed at the, at the massive staff. Maybe he, he doesn't, doesn't feel like that. Staff. Well, you have a big team. And so you have these people who can, you know, if, if Ben, if you yourself were doing three shows every week, you know, oh, that yeah. would be tough to handle. But so sure. every time we come up with a new show, it's like, well, let's think about this logistically. And then we. Right. Who's going to exactly. Do it? And how right. is it going to work? Yeah. And, and can we keep it consistent? And will we fail at it? You know, you know all these. Mm-hmm. All these monsters bop their heads up, and it's like, yeah, maybe you should hold off on that until it really clicks, really makes it. Now, beyond code, now that's the example of doing something different. Right. I think that's a natural, good fit because we don't go to a conference once a right. week. You know, our aim is maybe four or six a year. Mm-hmm. So, it, for one, it keeps us maybe every couple months with a new episode or a new season of Beyond Code. Mm-hmm. But it also gets us going out into the community where it's not like a podcast where you are at home, like I'm in my home office, you're at your office, and Jared's at his office. We sort of get out into the community, we get out to meet people, and it freshes things up, and it shakes yeah. it up a little bit, yeah. you know? And that is nice, because the podcast is, is really one way, basically, right? Like, it's there's not a lot of interaction going on right. back and forth, between, except for the guest and, and the host. Right. And I've said this before, but it's it, there's this weird thing where, like, there are thousands of people who will listen to this conversation, and yet it, I, I don't think about those people at all, yeah. oddly enough, when I'm recording. Like, if you could put all those people in a, around 
here. Like if I could see them all, I'd be like, wow, we're broadcasting in, in a stadium or something. Uh, and that would be kind of intense and weird uh, or yeah. intimidating possibly. Right. But it, it just feels like we're just having a conversation and it happens to go I, out yeah, later I, on. And people that's what it. I love most about podcasting is that moment. There's like you can take this three person sit down basically mm-hmm. and turn it into a you know multi-listener experience that's shared across years mm-hmm. even depending upon the podcast itself. Yeah. And I think it takes an intimate moment that can be uh, where you let your guard down a little bit. Like Ben gets us to trust him, so we give him more information, <laughs> and suddenly it's all public information. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Ben's goal, right? Yeah. But by the way, we are recording this. I don't know if that was, if that was clear or not. Yes. So uh, you, you touched on uh, podcasts being shared across years. Does that happen? Do you have analytics to see that? If, is that true? Do people yes. really engage with that old stuff? Man. Yeah. I mean, people, like I said earlier, they'll find our show. And they'll be like, holy crap, you got 170 some right. episodes of this. We have a guy in our Slack channel just last night posted his comments on episode 156, was it? Or 153. And so that was last fall that we recorded that. And he's actually gone yeah. back and given us pretty good feedback on like all these episodes through the year. So he's just going through the catalog and picking topics that look interesting to him. And he's listening to those shows. And mm-hmm. uh, that amazes me. I mean. Like you said, I totally forget that people listen. I don't even think about it. And then when somebody comes by and they're like, hey, I love the changelog. I'm like, seriously, there's listeners out there. That's awesome. People actually. Yeah. What's even more funny is Jared's getting this now. Whenever we go to conferences, because podcasters have a voice, right? Not a visual. Mm. People tend to know you based on your voice. And so they'll hear Jared and they'll be like, hey, are you that Jared? He's like, I did "Uh, get that. Yeah, I'm that that Jared. uh, In an elevator at GopherCon. Some guy's like, hey, yeah. Jared. I'm like, hi. And I'm looking for my name tag, wondering how he knew. I'm like, how'd you know who I was? He's like, from your voice. And I'm like, well, that's freaky. Yeah. <laughs> that's happened to me twice now. And I can't lie. It is the coolest thing ever. It is kind of cool. You're like, yes, I, I think it's I awesome. Been. It'd be cooler for me if I had an awesome voice like Adam's, the mellifluous tones, those dulcet tones of Adam's mm-hmm. stack. But nobody likes, nobody likes their own voice. So I'm sure it's yeah. just insane. Well, you have the, you have the tra- trademark Jared vocal fry. That's right. Yeah, you got, you got a thing going on. Thank you. Yeah. Your laugh is always funny on the shows, too. It always, uh, your I, laugh uh, breaks the moment sometimes in a good way. I inherited a cackle and from my mother. It up. Yeah. Mm. But uh, you got to own it. So, one other uh, podcasty question. Um, if you imagine a good friend of yours were starting a podcast, let's say starting a podcast, right. uh, and you could give them only the advice that would fit on a little index card, mm-hmm. what would you put on there? Okay, they're they're starting a podcast for the first time. How many words fit on an index card? I would card? say, I would say the three C's, which is, uh, well, the first one isn't actually a, a C; it's it's quality. It's kind of a C. <laughs> okay, I would say focus on quality, focus on consistency, and focus on community. Hmm. And that would be really big. And then I put like a little paragraph beneath that, yeah. that that kind of dives in further. Like, if you keep the quality of the audio good, like don't forget that part. Like, I don't want you to become an audiophile by any means, but get the basics down to get a good recording down. Totally. Or go to Wistia.com and hit their resources and learn how to do audio. Mm-hmm. And then just keep your show consistent. Whatever topic you choose, keep it consistent. Don't break that barrier. Let your audience know, hey, we're going to publish on Fridays and keep that consistent mm-hmm. so that they know when you're going to release mm-hmm. so they can build their lives yep. around it. They right. love your show. And then if you focus on community, um, you know, a lot of great things can happen with community because... You're serving a, a, a group of people or a a tribe that you're making along the way, and they're only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and become your audience. Hmm. So, what does it mean to serve the community? 
or to, I mean, in this context? Um, I think for a podcast, I think that there's ways that you can highlight people, which I think is, is sort of our yep. hallmark is we've gone into the depths of open source. We've talked to the people who are not really well known or they've got a repo that they caught on fire, but they themselves aren't really that well known. And we've brought them in a way to the light of who's out there in the open source world. And people will either find whether a technology is interesting or not, or base their decision to go into, let's say, Angular versus Ember, for example. They may make that decision because they listen to two or three of our podcasts that sort of go deep into that subject. Yep. And so we serve a, a community based on, you know, a whole different slew of ways. But the one way is really just kind of giving them the pulse of what's happening. You know, we may not be actually Jared and I creating that pulse. We talk to the people that are doing it, but we we're good at what we do to bring out the story that's interesting behind all those scenes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think there's other ways you could do community too, which is, you know, Slack room is sort of easy. Mm-hmm. Be actually involved in the community, care about the community. For example, I'll just, this is like one thing that I think is something we did early on, which is when we, when we made t-shirts, we never got like Gildan, no offense to Gildan, but y'all make bad shirts. Uh, we don't buy Gildan shirts. We buy, you this know, is awkward. Good- Gildan is the sponsor of this episode. <laughs> I'm, just well, I'm sorry. Gildan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, we buy nice shirts and not only do we buy men's shirts, we also buy women's shirts. When we go to conferences, we're not like, well, we only got the unisex version of it. We like, we want to, we want to serve the community. So that means loving the people that are part of the community, making sure that we can create a show like beyond code, that they're invited there too, that there's, there is no barrier to who can be a part of what we're yeah. doing, mm-hmm. you know? We want to let everybody in the community of open source know that the change law cares about open source. We care about the people of open source. So if we can help by promoting a, a repo or a, or an idea or creating a, a an editor war show because people are just wanting Jared to do that so bad, <laughs> then we're going to do that. You know, that's, you know, we, you got to get in the trenches and blood your knuckles and hug yeah. some people. Another <laughs> way that we do that is with our ping repo, which is a, just a repository on GitHub um, where people, we call it an open inbox where you can go there and submit things to us. And so some things is like, Hey, do you have a cool mm. new project that wants, that needs a little love? Like we're all about shining light on open source, given that mm. small, you know, the little guy who's got something interesting, but there's so much noise out there or so many bigger players in open source now than there ever have been just, you know, yeah. when Facebook open sources, anything, they're immediately going to be at the top of hacker news, but maybe this right. other thing over here is just as interesting or just as valuable, but he just doesn't have a voice or she doesn't have a voice. So we provide a voice there. Also, um, our listeners go there and submit show ideas. And so many shows, especially in the last six months, have been a direct result of a listener request. Like, hey, I would love to hear about this. In fact, they can just mm, at mention yeah. somebody um, who they want to mm-hmm. have on. And then we yep. see that as a little bit of a community service is saying, you wanted to see this show, we put it together for you. Here it is. Yeah. I'd I'd like to see us doing that more. So, by the way, people listening, if uh, if you have a suggestion of someone that we should talk to, please uh, t- mention Tom. Actually, <laughs> at, at Thought Tom, go go right to the source, and, and he'll make it go. happen. There you go. Do you have an open repo where you do this kind of stuff? We at? don't have a repo, but I'm realizing we maybe we maybe should. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Ping was interesting for us because you know Ping makes sense, right? Yeah, no, it's it's a cool idea. I have, have a, an AMA? I've been experimenting with. I do have yeah, an AMA kind of the same for, idea. for me personally. Yeah, and and that's been a that's been a cool experience. Uh, so I could see how it would work in general. But that's interesting. 
Uh, well, so is there anything else that we should cover that we haven't touched on yet? Well, to recap, we uh, Ooh, the change log is member supported. We are doing some interesting things in films. So we're not only just going to conferences and doing like highlight videos or daily recap videos or interviews there and kind of getting a, a pulse of the behind the scenes, but we're also um, taking a, a notion from Wistian. We're working with different engineering teams out there to go in and sort of like documentary style, get a heartbeat of who their engineering team is to make them be able to show off more of who they are basically. And it, it kind of is a little bit marketing, a little bit storytelling, but ultimately it's to show off who is who in engineering teams, what they're working with, what kind of environment they are, what kind of culture they have. And in the end, it helps them become more recognizable to their peers or just be able to show off what they're working on and ultimately uh, attract new engineers to come to the team and stuff like that. So we're doing lots of fun stuff around that. We've been huge fans of ThoughtBot since like forever. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like I feel like in a way we've kind of grown up with you guys oh, because that's awesome. I remember when you were like less than 10 yeah. people, you mm -hmm. know, and now you're at what, what's your count now? I think 86 or something. Yeah, that's a lot. And you're in like multiple countries and, you know, Chad's having a heart attack because you know, because he's like got so much stress. Can, can you I, can I, you say the rest of what you're about to say as if you were having a heart attack? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a, have a heart attack. I think I would yeah, probably just like good. grab my arm or something. Yeah, it's hard to that, the visual stuff is real hard for the podcast media. Yeah. Well, my face was heart attack mode, but mm. my voice was still totally podcaster. So such a such a pro. I I, I was telling this to uh, I think it was Brian Cartarella uh, of Dockyard. We had him on mm -hmm. the podcast earlier this summer, and uh, I've kind of, you know, quietly been following both Thoughtbot and Dockyard to a certain degree, just in terms of technology choices and interest over the years. And now you guys have have expanded in such a way that I'm just overwhelmed by the breadth of the technologies that y'all are into over there. It's like your blog, yeah, your too. blog is diversified at such a point where. Uh, uh, it's, I don't know, I think inspiring is not the word because it's more like it feels like you're you're just crushing everybody under the under your <laughs> the massive weight of technologies that y'all. I mean, the the blog is called Giant it Robots is. Smashing into. Yeah, but so I, I feel mean, like, like it's giant robots smashing into me, and I'm like this tiny little robot. Like I cannot check out all these <laughs> technologies. I'm not sure that's what we're going for, well, but hey, that's, that's a really strange compliment. That was yeah. Um, I'm going to take it as a compliment. okay. Fair enough. It was meant as a compliment. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I, but I relatedly, that. I would say that your guys' blog shows up in Changelog Weekly quite often. Um, which very often, Changelog Weekly is a newsletter that we ship uh, every Saturday morning, where it's a editorialized uh, take on what was interesting open source that week. So headlines, links, repos, uh, people who videos. videos, people who come and post their projects into our ping repo, uh, we'll feature them there. So that's another thing that we've been up to recently that uh, people really seem to enjoy. Awesome. Cool. Well, guys, it was a pleasure talking shop with you. Thanks yes, so much for having us on. The pleasure was all ours. Yeah, it was it was great. And, and nice improv work, Adam. I try. Yeah. You know, it's been a lot of fun, Ben. I appreciate it. Yeah, likewise. Uh, today's show is produced and edited by Tom Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 165. Thanks for listening. 